see, my mom and dad owned a 200-acre farm. Well, you do lots of stuff with sowing seed, right, Jimmy, <laughs> on a farm. So lots of plowing, disking, dragging, planting, cultivating. The best part of all was harvesting. So when I shared about my folks faithfully going to church, what you could count on, and this is like 55, 60 years ago when I'm sitting there, my dad would reach in his suit coat pocket because the offering plate was coming past, and he'd hand us a quarter down the road to us girls. Um, obviously, I know that wasn't a 10% tithe, but that's how they did it back then. But when harvest time came, that's when there would be more to give to the church. When they sold cattle or pigs, same thing. That was a bigger check. The other thing that I remember is dad reaching in his suit coat pocket, um, usually right when the pastor would be stand up to begin his sermon, and dad would unwrap a mint. We would each get a mint <laughs> to suck on during the pastor's sermon. I remember that, too. You had that, too? Yeah. yeah. A pink one. Peppermint. Pink. Pink peppermint. Yeah. Or a pink something. It was a peppermint, <laughs> I, think I it was bet. A, so anyway, there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the easy read version says, the one who plants few seeds will have a small harvest. The one who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Let me tell you, my dad never missed planting. He was very faithful with that 200-acre farm to sow his seed. And so um, my dad was faithful in another way. He was a helper. He helped people. He loved to help people. Um, my memory is how many times he would jump on his tractor. What do you call that? The loader in front? You call it loader? Bucket or loader? Bucket yeah, loader. yeah. He, and he'd go drive off the yard, and he'd be turning one way or the other. He's going to go help someone. He loved to bring that to church to help on the church parking lot. I remember him doing different projects with that. Scooping snow, probably. Scooping snow, lots They're of snow. They're pretty close to town. So. Yeah, quarter of a mile east of Leota, Minnesota. Uh, so when Steve said there's lots of ways to give without money, I grew up with that. I saw my mom and dad giving all the time. Like, maybe a quarter isn't that impressive, but their lives impressed me. My mom, as long as I can remember, was a pianist and an organist in their church. I mean, you talk about faithful. That woman would be picking out her music. She'd first be on the phone with the pastor, what songs, what hymns he wanted. Uh, then she'd be by the piano in the house. She'd be practicing them in the Psalter hymnal. Then on Saturday, she would take time. She would go to church, and she would practice because the organ has the 
foot pedals. You gotta swing your leg all over the place. I never did catch on to that one. But anyway, um, so faithful. And there's a, a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Amplified Classic says, whose heart is in his giving. Prompt to do it. Just do it. Prompt to do it. Just do it. I saw my parents doing that all the time. They just did it. They were faithful to do that. So this is what happened this morning uh, when I was getting, getting up or whatever. I kept having that word faithful, faithful, and um, just thought, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I even have a scripture about faithfulness. But there was an essence to it, a quality to it that just was sticking with me. And today when I came in, I did bring my boots and my work gloves and my pincher, my pruner. And um, because I'd seen the four pots in front of the church, they had been beautifully done with pine branches for winter pots. They were bad. They were yellowed pine branches dropping needles on the cement. And so while they were having uh, worship practice, I was pulling those things out of the pot, bringing them to the edge of the parking lot. I didn't put them in the dumpster. We've been told not to put that in the dumpster. So I will need someone with a pickup to pick up that stuff and bring it to their burning pile. But as I was doing it, I thought, and then I was take, we stopped for cutting uh, fresh pushy, pussy willows. I was putting them in instead. And I thought, I learned this quality of faithfulness from mom and dad on the farm. If there was something to do, whether it was for yourself, someone else, you just did it. And so I want to thank each of you today for your continuing to do those things beyond the money. Thank you for the tithes and offerings that you give from that heart that wants to give. But I also thank you for the things that you do that don't involve reaching in your pocket for your wallet or your checkbook or something online with money. Thank you for your faithfulness. I release that in Jesus' name right now by the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, renewed ways of continued faithfulness to you, Lord, and then to others in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Joyce. Yep. That was really good. Appreciate that. And for giving, well, I'll give the details of how you can give in a moment financially, but I just mentioned that we did find out this week that our giving in March was really good. And, uh, you know, we hadn't even been here two Sundays, and um, but you've Continued faith, there's that word faithful, even though we're not in church, there was that faithfulness in our giving of tithes. And um, 
offerings as well um, to give. You can mail uh, tithes and offerings to 10th Street Community Church, Post Office Box 67, 10th Street, Minnesota, 56683, or you can give online. You go to our website, 10strikechurch.com, and you probably figured that out by now. You know, there's a giving or donating, I guess it's called, icon there. And, uh, but um, we do have a couple things I want to mention about offerings today. Had a few of you in these last few weeks asking about if, do we still have a benevolent fund? Because that's something that we've had in the past, or emphasized, I guess is a word, um, we have our offering envelopes. I don't know if you have those at home. They're in the seats here, but in there there's a line that says benevolence. Benevolence is it's an organized, it's something that's organized to do good for other people. And so we want to emphasize that again. If you would like to give toward offerings toward benevolence or for helping other people that are in need, in need right now during this extraordinary time that we're in, um, just indicate that. Um, and that's where we will put that. And also, please inform us as a church. You can, and I'll have some numbers here in a moment you can call, but if, if you need help with essentials, like with food or some other essentials, we as a church family, we want to help you right now through this time. Okay? So you let us know that too, so we can give. It seems like that's how it goes. There's times when we have that which we can give, but then there's other times we're on the receiving end. But if you have need, you let us know about that. And one other offering opportunity is we, we have a, um, we're using John Coodley's computer right now for live streaming and it helps us to be able to do what we're doing now, the things that you're seeing. And, um, but we're needing to get one that will replace that because John will be needing that. And so that's another opportunity. You can indicate an offering for that as well, for the computer and the monitor for that. Um, praise God. Uh, for hearing the audio of these services, you can go to tinstrikechurch.com and then get on the SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash church. That, you can get the audio and of course we have the video um, that's on YouTube and the Wednesday videos I know are on Facebook maybe we'll be able to get those on YouTube at some point I'm not sure about that but but uh, they're live at 10 o'clock Sunday and Wednesday this coming Wednesday we're gonna I believe one of our elders Gus Shogren is gonna be there to join in with us in sharing the word together um, and that's what we're focusing on, getting the word to us on those touch points. Also, there's other Facebook pages for healing class, preschool kids, elementary kids, 
the youth group. And then, okay, for prayer requests or if you have those needs we mentioned, call uh, 218-586-2960 or 586-2854. So, praise God. We're going to get in the Word now. And uh, the Lord's going to speak to our hearts, I believe, this morning. I really believe this is a, a word that the Lord has given to me to impart to you, to all of us, and even myself. But the title would be The Difference Between Defeat or Victory is My Focus. And then the subtitle that I put on there was Developing Godly Mojo and Moxie. Uh, a summary of it could be we are right now in the midst of a time of trouble and a huge factor in whether or not we will be victorious comes from where we put our focus and what we are thinking, speaking, and how we are acting. And uh, we've seen previously from Scripture that our God has promised to be our ever present help in trouble. And here's a very important note on this, that the truths that we're going to be learning here today, they can be applied to whatever thing in my life or your life, your life, that qualifies as trouble. Not just the coronavirus and this pandemic, and which is a, a great thing in itself, of trouble, but financial, it could be financial trouble, health-related trouble, relationships, maybe it's something in the workplace or in business. If you have a business, you can apply this. Um, but the thing is, the focus of, and direction of my thoughts, my meditation, you could call it, and then my corresponding words and actions will determine if I will reign in this life or if I will live a life of defeat. Am I fixed on the problem because of what I'm allowing my eyes and my ears to take in? I've heard it called the eye gate and the ear gate, or you could say the eye door and the ear door. What are we letting in? Or am I determined? And that's what it is. It's a determination. Am I determined to meditate on and commune with God on the promises and truth of what He says about the matter? I'm talking about the matter. We all have this matter of the pandemic and what it's causing in our lives. We have that together, but individually for you, there's very possibly something as well. But these things will make a difference in whether or not my momentum, momentum, those that are here say that word, momentum, momentum, will move me toward God and His blessing, blessings, and what is good, and what is life-giving? Romans 5.17 says this. 
For if by one man's offense death reigned, or you could say Satan reigned, death and Satan, through the one, much more, say that, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ, and he is our ultimate focus. That's when we come, like Abby and team this morning, as they led us in worship. Our focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father, and the Spirit of God helps us even in that, and just worshiping them. He's worthy of it all. But in this verse, it says, much more those who receive, and that word receive is a very important word in this verse. Are you listening? That word receive. Receive in strong concordance, it's the Greek word lambano, and means to accept, to get hold of, to attain, to seize, be amazed. These are shades of the meaning to catch, have, hold, obtain, take up, and bring as bringing along. And we have been given the opportunity, because of Jesus' sacrifice, to receive, and we to receive the abundance of grace, and there's that abundance of grace, even as we sang about this morning, that grace, and the gift of righteousness. In other words, the gift of being right with God. But have we received those truly? You see, like this scripture, Romans 5:17. I must think about and meditate on these truths until I get a hold of them. I get a hold of them and bring them with me into my everyday life. Yes, even, or we might say, or especially, into the extraordinary circumstances that we are experiencing today with the coronavirus and then the other things that we deal with that are there. So I must keep God's promises of His grace and righteousness, being right with God, I need to keep those promises before me until I've accepted them until I've made them my own, until I'm fully persuaded of them. I need to seize them. We saw those shades of meaning. The word amazed is there. But I'm thinking of it until an amazement comes about it. God's grace is there for me, for Steve. It's there for you. And this place of being right before God, totally right before God, so right before God, not because of myself, absolutely not, but because of Jesus. And actually what has happened is his righteousness, his right place in standing before God becomes mine. That's what we're talking about. I'm amazed by it. But I need to catch that. 
I need to attain it, have it, hold it, obtain it, take it up, and bring it along with me. There's a, there's a glass of water setting here. And I've heard a lot of good things about water. Actually, I feel like I could have a sip of water right now. And I see that. I know about it. I know it's good for my body. I need to drink, drink water. But I need to know that and be convinced of it and then accept it and receive it for myself. Take a hold of it and actually drink it. I need to drink it. And that's true of all the aspects of grace and God's righteousness in my life. It's true about healing of my diseases, help in my finances, breakthroughs in relationships. Maybe it's your relationship with God. You need a breakthrough. Seize it. Get in the Word. Find that Scripture. Find a Word, a Scripture. The Lord will bring you to it that you can stand on, that you can meditate on. Meditation, that's going over and having that be the focus. That's what's in my thoughts. And then it gets planted. Joyce was talking about planting seed. The Word is like a seed that I plant in my heart and I keep it there. I keep it there. And that's my focus, that Word, that Scripture. Maybe it's one specific, specific one. That's where it starts. The word is like a seed. Get that seed and keep it there. You've heard me say it many times. I'll write it out on a three by five card. Now we have the iPhones that are good size. They're usually right in our pocket. Just have it there available to keep looking at and meditating on it. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's like no other book. He sent his word. Jesus was the word become flesh. He sends His Word to heal you, to make you whole. And that can be with physical disease or sickness. It can be with finances. It can be with relational problems. Yes, I'm talking to you and to me. Relational problems that seem to be long-standing. Maybe they're physical diseases that seem to be chronic and long-standing. Or maybe they just seem so big. Not bigger than God. I'm telling you this morning, whatever that is in your life, it's not bigger than God or His promise or the redemptive work of Jesus Christ or the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. The cross. So take hold of it. Take a hold of that. Partake of it. Take it with you wherever you go. And also in that scripture, there was the word reign. Death reigned. Satan had reigned. We know that before Christ, Satan is reigning. Really, death is reigning in a person's life. But when we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, then we come to the place where we can reign in life through Jesus Christ. 
But that's where we need to have our focus be on that truth and come to know it, take it for ourselves that we will reign. That word reign in the Greek, it's to rule. And actually it's to rule, the, the thought that's coming forth is to rule as a king would rule. In the spirit man or spirit woman within, I, that, that's who we are really as a spirit being. From there, I must direct my thoughts to who and what I am as God sees me, not as what somebody else sees me. For sure. You know, unless it lines up with the Word, and that's what we need to be speaking to one another. What the Word of God says. That's what we need, especially if we're in a time of trouble, which is what we're talking about here today. We need to be speaking the Word to one another, and we need to be acting like the Word of God is true. But thoughts of who I am and what I am as God sees me, who and what I am in Jesus Christ. Look up, up all the references in the letters that Paul wrote about in Christ, who we are in him, but it's also what I have in him. So there's great power in our thought life our meditation. Meditation really is, we all do that, really. We are all meditating, we're all thinking on something, and it's like we're rolling over, it's rolling over, it's rolling over. We're thinking of something. What is it? Well, we're going to have life and we're going to reign as kings in this life with the Lord Jesus if it's on the Word of God. And it comes to a place, that word meditation, it's like we, we come to almost talk to ourselves. It's like muttering to ourselves about it. It just comes out. But it's our thoughts, the power of our thoughts. I heard a quote of Joyce Meyer this week. She said, God is never more than one thought away. And that's if we're getting into trouble, if we're getting into whatever it might be, or it might be some areas of temptation or just tempting to fear, being tempted to fear or worry, unbelief, getting focused on the problem or the sickness or the disease or the financial situation, whatever it is. One thought, turn, you can turn it in one thought. It can be turned in one thought to fellowship with God, His Word. One thought away we are from encouragement of the benefits and promises that he has. But then we can't stop with one thought and go back to the negative ones that the enemy would whisper into our ears or even people might do it. Sometimes even well-meaning people will whisper things or say things. They just don't know what they're doing or what they're saying. They don't realize that they're pulling us down from standing on the Word. But continue in your... Con thinking and meditating on the Word and the Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing on a negative, evil thought will take me out of fellowship with Him, and I don't want to go there. So we see the difference between living with a victorious attitude or a defeatist attitude is where I'm looking
Pause for emphasis. Where am I looking? What am I listening to? What am I saying? Am I focused too much on the present negative circumstances and therefore coming, becoming overwhelmed by them, getting into anxiety, taking on the stress, the worry, the fear? It can build. That momentum can build in that direction. What I need to do is look beyond this stuff, all the trouble, all the disease, all the financial problems, all the relational stuff. I need to look beyond and by faith stand on the word of God that I have found, that I find, and you know what will come? Joy and peace will be there. Looking beyond the negative. Looking beyond the evil, the junk, the disease, the sickness, the financial situations, to what God has said about things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's looking beyond to what God is saying. Yes. So important to what God is saying. And by faith, learning to abide then in his supernatural peace and rest. That's called abiding in the vine. You ever heard of that? And receiving the fruit of the vine. Jesus, abiding in Jesus, walking and talking with him, looking to him, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Am I seeing? By faith, the great deliverance, the redeeming work that our God will bring from this situation or through this situation, this current problem. Well, this redeeming work, it happens when I am looking to him and believing in him for it to happen truth. Look into the truth, the word. His word is truth. You see, this has already been done. It's a done deal through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And then what happens? I experience joy and peace even though my circumstances have not yet changed when I am in the place of believing. And as we have learned, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's strength to us. It's strength to make a stand for victory right in the midst of the situation, right in the midst of the problem. And you know what? That confidence that comes, that victorious hope that comes, which shows, it'll show. It'll start showing. And it'll be contagious. It starts spreading throughout the room start spreading through your family or in the workplace or the business or the team or whatever it is. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope 
And you see there, not despair, that's my brackets, I put that in there. He's a God of hope, not despair. If you're in despair, you're, in, you're thinking on, you're focused on the wrong thing. If you're in depression, you're focused on the wrong thing. If you're in despair, you're focused on the wrong thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What the Spirit is saying? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope. That's Bible hope is confident expectation of good and positive change in the situation, in the trouble. Romans 15, 13 from the New Living Translation says it this way, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because, say that, because you trust in him. And then you will, look at this, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's overflowing to your team, to your family, to your workplace, to your business, to whatever it is. It's, there was a lot of laughter this morning when, we were, when there was practice time. Abby asked me afterwards, she says, is that okay if we laugh? I said, absolutely. See, it was overflowing. And it's not a confidence. I know that it wasn't Abby's confidence in herself. It was confidence in the Lord. He's going to be here. He's going to help us. And then it'll show. Then you will overflow with confident hope through what? Your own self? No. The power of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to you and to me this morning. Here's the Passion Translation of that scripture. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as, important word, that's why I capitalized it there. These are my caps. As, you trust in him, and may the power, that's the dunamis power, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, continually surround your life, continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate. I always think of Sue's artwork in our foyer when I see that word, radiating and that shows radiating all over Minnesota. So when I'm in a place of believing and trusting in God in the midst of great trouble, joy and peace take over where despair and turmoil were once dominating, or we could say ruling, and they, that's joy and peace, begin to spread to the people around me instead of despair and turmoil. So we're talking here then, and here's where we're getting to, into some subtitles of the message for just as we come to closing time here. 
will take a few minutes to close but today, but building momentum and mojo. This believing and trusting comes from meditating and speaking God's word when I am right in the middle of the situation. When I do this, my strength will grow. I saw a miracle grow commercial. You know, the stuff we put on our plants, you know, to, they grow fertilizer. And it was this, when the going gets tough, the tough get growing. And it had to do with the coronavirus. When the going gets tough, the tough get growing. And of course they wanted to use, you to use their miracle grow to get your plants to grow. But you see, when the going gets tough, the tough get growing. We can apply that spiritually too. Through this believing and trusting, we are strengthened individually first, and then it grows to where we're strengthened together, corporately, as a team. A church, a local church body is a team. A family is a team. The worship group here this morning was a team. We have teams that we have. And we can see the tide turn toward victory where there has been a problem, where there's been defeat. By the way, it is so true. Our AV people are such a part of the team every week. They go through stuff every week that they deal with to get this on. And especially, you know, now with the added things of live streaming and so forth. We just give kudos and a shout out to, to our AV people. But uh, this turning, it begins in our spirits, our heart. That's where the turning of the situation starts. It doesn't start in the outward natural circumstances. I'm talking about your problem, my problems, the things I'm dealing with, the adversity I see in my life and face. By faith, we see this, we see the turning, we have the hope even before the outward circumstances seem to have changed much, if at all. Did you hear what I just said there? Something happens inside where this seed of the word has been planted that something starts to happen, just like in a seed we put in the ground before you see anything, stuff starts to happen getting ready to spring forth from that seed and then from the ground. Like the change in momentum in a football game or any other sports game, we can develop a certain mojo. Mojo is the power and effectiveness that brings success in like a sports team, that which brings a positive momentum swing in a sports team. This can happen now in us as individuals and then in the body of Christ, turning things around from devil's momentum, wherever it may be. And again, in a family, in a business, in a church, in a community, in a county, in a state, turning the momentum to righteousness and receiving of God's grace. And it happens by the work of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And we stand together as a united team 
against our adversaries, with the devil being, of course, the opposition leader. And when we look to and we meditate on and speak God's word, our faith will grow stronger and the momentum will turn in our favor. When we are confident and courageous in the Lord, our adversary will get nervous and anxious and fearful instead of us. That's what happens with momentum and mojo. Things turn for good. The game of life will change in our spirit first and eventually it will be seen in the natural realm. It will change from a cowering, defeatist attitude to one of courageous victory. We will seize the momentum over our enemy. We'll get the mojo. We do this by seizing the truth of God's word about who and what we are in Christ, what we have in him, as we mentioned, and standing together on God's word, we will develop a godly moxie. And we will intimidate our enemy and cause him to flee along with his lies and his fear. First, or Philippians 1.27, whatever happens, it says whatever happens, whatever happens, keep living your lives based on you could say focused on the reality of the gospel of Christ, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which reveals him to others. When we're doing that, others are going to see it. Then when I come to see you and hear good reports of, who, of you, I know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion. Celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. And then you will never be shaken or intimidated. By the opposition that rises up against us. For your courage will only prove as a sure sign from God to them of their coming destruction and that you have found new life in Jesus when our focus is on the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives our thoughts, words, and actions will develop what some call moxie moxie in the dictionary it says courage or determination, energy pep, know-how some synonyms you can see there there's different ones, just that know-how, that savvy. Um, and we've seen that in different professional sports players. And I was talking to Andy about it yesterday. I said, you know, you've heard that, right? What moxie and mojo and having that in sports. And he says, yeah, it's not somebody that's cocky or prideful, but it's someone who's got confidence. It's kind of like a team leader 
where it spills over into the rest of the team. I think of some people, like with the Minnesota Twins, Kirby Puckett was that way. He really wasn't that prideful, but wow, he was a leader. And he had moxie. Brett Favre, I think, was that way. Green Bay Packers, and of course, Minnesota Vikings for a while too. Michael Jordan was that way. So, having that moxie. And these players were all on teams that became champions. They became champions. And so, just looking at a final point here, let's talk about truth talking. You know, sometimes there's things called trash talking, like on ball fields. I came across this Charlie Brown cartoon here. It says, first of all, it's Patty. Charlie Brown's on the mound. And Patty says, come on, Charlie Brown. We're not really expecting much, but we can hope. And then Schroeder says, pitch it to him, Charlie Brown, old boy. He'll probably hit a home run, but pitch it to him anyway. And then Lucy, come on, Charlie Brown, old boy. We know you're no good, but we're right behind you anyway. Sort of. So Charlie Brown says, with that look on his face, lots of chatter in the infield is very inspiring to a pitcher. Well, that's, of course, not what we're going to be doing with one another. But you've probably heard of trash talking on the basketball court or baseball diamond or football field. It's to intimidate the opponent. My mom shared different times about, we can get that picture, I believe, of her on the screen and or on the screen. But uh, she had a good friend, and when she was young, they played on a fast-pitch softball team. She was the catcher, and Pat Tripp was the pitcher. And uh, a few years ago, we had gone to Michigan, and uh, she saw her, and there's a picture of them there. And uh, But anyway, Mom was telling me about this, that. When they were there, they came across this article in the newspaper that morning, swing, batter, swing. And that was exactly what, what mom would say. She said there was particularly a home run hitter from Zeeland, Michigan, that she tried this on especially, and it worked. That when she saw a pitch coming that was not going to be a good one, and there was coordination with the pitcher, this wasn't going to be a good pitch. But mom would say, swing, batter, swing, just as, they, as Pat released the pitch. And the batter would swing and miss. Chatter. Chatter. This would unnerve the batter, and the off would, would miss that bad pitch. Well, my thought is, rather than trash talking, how about truth talking? Truth talk in the devil. Truth talk on the court of life. Intimidate the devil and drive him away. James 4, 6. 
But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn away from you and run. And that's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. And when we see that, cleanse your heart, you sinners, we may think of major sins that come to us and so forth, but, you know, it may be just the wrong focus. Sin is when we're missing the mark, when we're getting off the path of life, light and life. It's, that's what it is. And then we lose our mojo. We lose our moxie. We lose our confidence. We lose that edge that brings us to victory. Get back on track. We don't want to be in sin of pride either. We want to humble ourselves before God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from us with his lies and with his fear. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, we pray, to apply this word to our hearts. Right now. You want to sing a song with me, Joyce? I didn't tell Joyce this ahead of time. Why don't you come up here and you can sing along if you feel moved to, okay? And it's going to be on the screen for you also. Those that are here, you can follow along. And I don't know if you know it or not. It's, it's one a lot of people don't know. It's an old chorus, but, it, but it's one I don't, they don't know it, or Abby didn't know it, but, but uh, we'll just sing it a cappella. Uh, Come on, let's get the mojo here. Let's get the moxie. I'd rather play it on the piano. Yeah. Well, 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 okay. Well, what the reason I'm doing this is because this is something you can do. You know, we talk about meditation. These things, these phrases are all based on the Word of God. But these little choruses, and you can put scriptures to tunes. There's tunes out there. There's so many tunes all over the place. Just put them to the scripture that you're standing on. And then you'll have a little tune to sing. I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I'm reigning with Jesus. I'm seated in heavenly places with him, with him. And the kingdom of God is within me. I know no defeat, only victory. The kingdom of God is within me. I know no defeat, only peace and joy. Did I sing that too high? I'm, I'm, I'm a conqueror. But anyway, that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. to, you know, this one, or you can make up your own song. It's a great way to meditate. Just to be on the, it's a great way to meditate. 
just to be in the Word. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, we go in the focus on the Lord and on His Word. We love you so much. Yes. The ten of us that are here, we say we love you. <laughs> We're looking forward to seeing you. We still don't know for sure when that's going to be. And yes, Josiah, you can play. Just keep on playing, Josiah. Yes, it's good. As we, as we leave here, you can listen to, to, to Josiah for a while. But uh, we'll be doing this Wednesday at 10 a.m. And again, these will be online later too. Let somebody else know if you believe somebody needs to hear this word. Maybe you need to hear it again. Maybe I need to hear it. So God bless you. Yes keep you. Yep. His presence is with you. Yep. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen.